0: Hello fellow quarantine friends, uh, things are a little bit different here at the farmhouse. We have this this beautiful barn that has become like a center of life and uh, we had to shut it down this week. So everybody is experiencing abnormality and so are we, but we're still trying to create valuable, meaningful, formative content and still trying to have that connection that makes our, our space unique, so unique. Um, so these are, let's call them the quarantine sessions, and uh, we're just kind of pulling uh, various topics and having as good of a conversation as we can online via Zoom. Um, so we're taking a break if, of our work in progress series on the book of Acts and all of that. We'll, we'll pick that back up later for now. It's mostly about like how can we stay connected, how can we stay connected. Um, informed? Um, how can we continue to explore ideas and thoughts and conversations? So uh, today is about revelation, um, special revelation versus general revelation, and basically how, how do we know anything about the divine? Uh, so that's what, that's what we do. This all takes place on Zoom, and if you go to our website, thefarmhouse.live, and you go to our section on our live event, our weekly Sunday morning content. There's a link there that will take you to um, the the Zoom meeting for this. So feel free to join us. We start at 930 takes about an hour, hour and a half. You can come and go as you please, but all the information is there for how you can join us live. Um, so actually what's happening here in the audio you're about to listen to is there's um, a bunch of uh, cameras and people are interacting. Some people don't have their video, but they have audio. Some people are using a chat, and so they're answering questions. So hopefully you're still able to follow along with the audio, but um, it's the best that we got right now so enjoy this hopefully this will be information that will add to our um community lexicon and 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 we continue to learn some things together even while we're apart so enjoy your quarantine stay healthy stay safe do what you need to do to help this situation move on. Um, and, and you know, the church has a responsibility for the new normal that's going to be created and the kind of communities and places that we're going to create in response to what we've experienced during this time. So, grace and peace be with everybody. Enjoy the conversation. So, uh, this is all kind of impromptu. Um, haven't really had much time to prepare anything. Today was supposed to be Acts chapter 9, and Noah and I had this whole grand thing planned. We had been working on it for a while, and scrapped that. Um, so hopefully when uh, all of this ends, we'll be getting back into the, the book of Acts and the, the work in progress. Period. Um But so one thing that I wanted to just offer today that we can talk about is the idea of revelation, which is not the book. Okay. I'm not talking about the book of revelation. Um, We're talking about revelation from, uh, you could say, a philosophical perspective. Um, And there is a debate between how do we know anything about God? Okay. So that's where I'm going to start. And um, i if you see me looking over this way, it's because I have some notes written down that I'm going to be referring to. Um, but has anybody interacted with the idea of revelation? It
1: looks like a picture or, of our house.
0: Somebody's feeding back. I
1: saw a picture yeah, of the top
0: And... Of Kelly Kelly Harmon just mentioned that if you're if you're not talking, go ahead and mute your microphone, and I can mute you too. So if any of you get really annoying, um, I'm just gonna hit mute on your on your thing. Um, but if you're not talking, go ahead and mute your we'll microphone, mute you. and then when you want to say something, unmute, um, or else we are gonna get your your computer is gonna pick up the sound into your microphone from other people, and it'll cause that feedback. Maybe so somebody That's what that is. Okay, Okay. I don't know some of you aren't named. We do have somebody that's on a phone as well, so um, and I don't know who you are because it just says your phone number, but you are able to um, talk and things too if you would like. Okay, so uh, revelation how i'll give a little bit of a, uh, a background fast? on what revelation i think i hear my children is that that's one of my kids who's not with me so i don't hold on all right so here's here's a little bit about what i mean when i say revelation so the question is how do we know anything about god And there's two different camps. The one is what's called special revelation, um, or you might hear this called uh, specific revelation or divine revelation. And this is that we have certain things where the divine has given us information um, that reveals God's self to us. Okay? So that's special revelation. On the other hand, you have what's called natural revelation, and this is, um, or you might hear this called general revelation. And this is anything within the world, uh, various means can also show us about who God is um, or what God is like. So natural versus uh, versus special, or general versus specific, or you, hopefully you're picking up that there's a lot of different ways to to name this. So I want, I want somebody to start. When I, when I give you those two options, um, how have you heard Revelation talked about? Um, if you were in a conversation and somebody said, um, how do you know anything about God? What, what would you say, and which camp might you fall more into? So somebody pick somebody to just start going, and uh, let's hear what somebody else has to say so I don't have to talk the whole time. Can you hear me, Tyler? That's the same name? I'm hearing somebody, but it's it's very muted. You can and listen, you can use the chat thing too. If you don't if you don't want to uh to talk into the computer or your phone, go ahead and use the chat part. Can you
2: hear me, Tyler? That's the second one.
0: Uh, You are very, Amy, I think that is you, but you're very, uh, you're very muted in your voice. Go ahead and try again.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, that's a lot better.
1: Okay, now I can't remember what I was going to say to you. Oh, I know. Um, I remember you talking a long time ago, you gave a sermon, and I think you may have been quoting from Augustine, but you said... um,
0: you quote in from Augustine. You said,
1: "I believe so, yeah." And, and, and he says, "As soon as we name God, it isn't God anymore. How do we know?
0: You know, how can we even?" Amy, are you on your computer?
1: I am. My can laptop. you go ahead
0: and can you type that question so everyone can make sure that they uh, they hear it? Okay. Know what you said?
2: Because yeah, I'm not a
0: hundred percent sure that I caught that. Okay. Can can you all hear me? Okay, am yeah. I clear? I'm using one of these guys.
1: Yes, so hope, you're clear.
0: Okay. All right. And then Trisha said she missed the question. So the question is: if somebody if somebody said, um, "How do you know anything about God? Um, how would you respond to that?" And kind of really. Are you more of a general revelation, natural revelation person, or a specific revelation person? Um, and and I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of each while Amy's typing out her question, because uh, Amy types like this, uh, so it takes her a long time. <laughs> and Amy, I don't know if you just saw me, but I was making right. <laughs> um, so a natural revelation person would be uh, somebody who would say, like, I don't need to go to church, I go to the golf course and I find God on the golf course, right? Or I find God walking or something like that, okay? Specific revelation or special revelation person would say, the way that we know about God is through the Bible. And if you want to know what God is like, you have to uh, know what the Bible says. Okay, so those are kind of... I'll
1: let you know when you need to be done because we're going to clean the house, but I'm listening to church right now.
0: Um, so Amy said, "As soon as we name God, it is no mm-hmm. longer God because God is beyond us." Okay, how do we talk about? You know it's a
2: different church.
0: How do we talk about knowing God in a? <clears throat> um, okay, Just, you know. so this is actually a John Wesley quote. I think what you're referring to, Amy, it comes from John Wesley, and it's as soon as we say the word God, we're no longer talking about God. Um, because if God is transcendent, then, um, and Tricia just said, can we be both? Yes, we're getting into that. Um, If God is transcendent, then there's no way for a limited human mind to be able to completely understand who or what God is. And this is actually the primary reason why people say you need special revelation because, if human beings are very limited, and um people from like the reform tradition, so if, if you 're a Calvinist, um you would say, because uh, humanity is sinful, we can 't understand who God is, and therefore we need God to reveal god 's self to us and um I think the Wesley quote kind of goes even further into that that says it's it's not even. The most important thing is not to fully understand God, because then what begins to happen is we we begin to put God into a box and we get, begin to make an idol out of God. And the whole point of uh, Israelite monotheism was that God's God can't be captured. Okay, but so let's let's go with that and say so God can't be captured. We are three-dimensional human beings. God is. Uh, has a is four dimensional. Um, so how can we begin to even know anything about God if God is so transcendent? And that's the that's the primary um, that's the primary problem for for human beings and this conversation of revelation. So so based on that, um, that's a good way to kind of find out which camp you're in. If God is transcendent, how how can you know anything about this God? So what what would some of you say? And I'll probably start calling on, on some of you. And if you're trying to talk right now and nobody's responding, it's because you're muted. So make sure you unmute if you're going to talk or again, use the chat.
1: Tyler, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think I feel like I, uh, uh, I agree with Trisha. I feel like I, um, align with both. Mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I
0: don't know what else to say about that. Okay. So if you, if, and, and so this is for anybody who's sitting there going like, I think, I, I think I'm both. Um, uh, Trisha, what do you mean by that? Or um, mom at, should I call you by the name everybody else sees or should I change your name to mom? So that they they know. So uh, Trisha said, "I would say our families and society define the character of God in most ways for us." What do you? How do you see that playing into Revelation? And then Amanda to kind of come back to. Oh, so, yeah, so people's perspective on natural versus specific revelation is going to be based on kind of what they grew up with? Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely, I I think so. Um, And I think that's why this is an important conversation to have, is because you meet a lot of people who say, "Um, everything I need to know about God I can find out in the woods. Um, And then you have other people who are going to say, everything you need to know about God is only in only in scripture. Um, and you know, and all of you who are going like, I think it's both. And that's how I feel. I, I think it's both. And I think both are important, but there's problems with both and we should probably confront some of the problems with both. So, um, Amanda, what I, what I would push you on then is to say for specific revelation, what's important to you there? Why, why do you think that should be included? And then for, uh, general revelation or natural revelation what do you think uh is important about that because there's people on both sides who would say the other perspective shouldn't be included so why why each one why why is each one important to you
1: um well to me i think like being out in nature uh, i feel the closest to god when i'm out in his creation i guess and then Um, uh, so, and then studying scripture helps me understand God more, I think. So to me, it's like connecting the two different things, like my head and my heart. So when I'm studying scripture, it's more about my head. And then when I'm out, um, and about and experiencing God in other ways, it's more about my heart.
0: Okay. Okay. So here's a problem with natural, natural theology, all right, and it's that if you assume that you can find or experience or feel the presence of God just generally within various things, then you're assuming that you already have some sense of who God is. So somehow God has made God's self known to you through those things. Now, somebody who's like really into depravity, which most Methodists are not, would say, no, you're not capable of that because you're so sinful. And so how do we know what you're experiencing isn't actually uh, your own preconceived notions that are going to lead you to the wrong perspective of God. Right. And this is this is the biggest concern for theologians about general revelation, is that if general revelation is a thing, then you can make up whatever you want and say, God revealed God's self to me. Okay? And you, you can look in history and you can see how this has been abused. Alright. And that's where a lot of people push towards specific revelation, as they say, No, we need to have the most uh the most mediated form handed to us because we're not capable of understanding who God is just by looking around, um, in the world. Does that make sense, Amanda? Okay. Um, so Kelsey, I have a question. This is okay. A- somebody's talking. Is that you, Luke? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Turn, if you can, uh, turn, turn up a little bit or get a little closer this any better i can hear you
2: um i was wondering if there is a uh an an actual delineation that specific is somehow mediated by everyone or outside sources and natural is completely personal because i would have thought that i mean
0: both could be either one if you know what i mean yeah, I know. Okay, I do know what you mean. Um, so, a good question. I would,
2: I would have leaned towards like specific for me, like you know, God has revealed this to me. Mm. Therefore, um,
0: I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, when I say general revelation or natural natural revelation, that's natural knowledge of God okay via creation or providence or experience um and that can be cosmological so that can be within creation that can be very very specific to a person though um and what you experience within the world so it kind of covers that whole range does that make sense yeah yeah that does okay so then Specific revelation, or maybe maybe special revelation, would be uh, more helpful to think of it in that way. Um, uh, an overall definition, I'll read this. God's historical and redemptive acts and words that we can know about God because God has acted. And, and this is the idea that we can't know anything about God unless God takes the time and action to tell us those things or show us those things. Um, so when you think about special revelation, there is very specific things that can and cannot be. Um, I'm going to break here and keep catch up on some comments. Um, and Luke, l- l- keep, keep going with me there. If, if we haven't quite fleshed that out, but you, what you're saying, Luke leads to some things that are worth talking about. So, um, Kelsey brought up. Somebody from Metamore is calling me right now. <laughs> um, if that's any of you, let me know so I can answer that. Uh, so Kelsey had brought up how not really being part of a church background. Um, so and she said, did I necessarily feel I had to know the Bible beforehand? No, partly because I didn't know how or where to start. Um, but still having a sense of God, so Kelsey, that would kind of put you within that that natural revelation component, and that is that you understood something about the divine without having a specific interaction um, with the Bible or or the church or anything like that. Um, and then Trisha slash mom slash Landon slash Torin said. Uh, and when we have trauma or tragedy in our lives, we may have to redefine the character of God and which camp we are in, or if we are in any camp at all. Um, absolutely, and even without trauma or tragedy, I would say that our, our understanding of how God reveals God's self changes over time. Um, and, but, even, but even within that, most people have a camp right because even people who would say that there is no god would say that any sort of transcendence then has to be found within nature um or has to be found within um human identity or something like that okay um and then amy said what about an imminent god and i don't know that i don't know that uh, imminent is a word that a lot of people utilize amy so you might want to flesh that out more um what about an imminent God? We can understand the divine by observing the universe. We forget that humans are part of nature. So any writing we do, like scripture, we are still experiencing divine nature through the human nature of writing, telling stories. And this, this brings up one of the biggest problems with special revelation is that we have nothing that is directly from God that is unmediated and just handed to us. Right, All the things that we have, Scripture, the Church, et cetera have a human component to it that makes it—, it, it we're getting it second, uh, as, a, as a secondary source, right? And that's a lot of critique on, on Special Revelation, is that, yeah, we have the Bible, but um, Christians do not believe that God wrote the Bible, that God used humans to write the Bible. Therefore, you have a human component now, giving you that form of revelation so that's a that's a problem there um and then kelsey says do you have to be one or the other could someone be neither then would i have been neither kelsey i'm not sure if i answered that question concerning you but um between your comment and my mom's there i would say you were mostly natural or general revelation because you said i know i still had some sense of god um, but it wasn 't mediated by the church or by scripture um, so that 's where I would say you were and and, and you don 't have to choose one in fact i 'm I'm telling you I'm both. i 'm both I think both are important, um, but I also don 't think that you can be neither and, and i 'm sure somebody who 's an atheist would argue with me on that of like if i don 't believe in God well i don 't believe in revelation at all, and I would say your, your understanding of the world. Um, is formulated by something and it's probably a uh, general revelation that you're informed by the world around you. And that's how you conceive of anything that is as transcendent. Okay. So Amy is defining immanent God for us. An immanent God is one embedded in nature of the universe, as opposed to a transcendent God who is being separate from us somehow above us. Okay. Um, I'll I'll answer to this quick. And again, if somebody else wants to jump in, um, I'm already like losing my voice a little bit because y'all aren't talking. Um the thing that I think makes Christianity unique is we say that God is transcendent and imminent, and that God is within creation. And this there's a whole bunch of stuff in the book of Genesis that kind of gives this picture. Um God is within creation, and yet God is uh, transcendent. And there's actually an illustration from, I want to say, like the 13th or 14th century. Now nah, it's got to be later than that. There was a book written about how human experience is like a piece of paper, okay, so two dimensional. And what God does is God is able to bring in a third dimension that we can't understand and yet can still interact with our two-dimensional plane. Um, so if there's any interstellar fans, anybody like interstellar, the movie? No. Does anybody know what interstellar is? Nobody seen that movie. I saw it. Okay. Deb, so me and you are going to yes. talk about interstellar for a second. Uh, Um, interstellar is is an artistic take on what an extra dimension does to the human experience. And so you can watch that movie and go, is that kind of how God is able to interact with us in some way of being both imminent and transcendent at the same time? And, And that's the perspective, um, I would, I would take, I would take from that. Okay. Um, so let's talk about special revelation for a second. What do you all think are forms of special revelation? I know we've talked about a couple. What are forms of special revelation? Give you a chance to type something. Um, okay, Amy. Amy typed scripture, church tradition. Yep. What else is a form of special revelation? The, I'm not like testing you. I want to. I want to see what you've heard, what you've thought. See, if you are all sitting in the barn with me right now, I could prod you and make you feel uncomfortable. It's harder to do that on, on a camera. Okay, uh, Tricia said doctrine. What do you mean by doctrine? <clears throat> Church rules. Okay. I would put um, what Amy said. Amy said, <laughs> you're good. We are uncomfortable. I'm sorry if I'm making you uncomfortable. I'm I'm trying my hardest here. Um, so Amy said church tradition, and then Tricia said doctrine, church rules. I'd place that all in orthodoxy. So we, we would just call that the orthodox tradition, right? And that's different practices, rituals, um <laughs> And she Amy has a theology book in front of her. That is cheating. Um, so, so all of that with rituals, practices, church doctrines, things, things of that nature—that would be orthodoxy, and that is that is often brought up as a form of uh, special revelation that the church mediates uh, the divine to us in different ways. And hopefully you're able to see right away why that can be problematic, okay? If the wrong person with authority gets to say, this is how you should understand God, um, or I'm speaking on behalf of God, that can that can get real manipulative, real oppressive, really quick. Um, if you're looking for an example of that, there's a story about Munster, Germany, um, Two, two different guys, Jan Matthias and Jan van Leiden, and they basically said we are speaking on behalf of God, end up uh, sequestering the entire village, um, made, made all the women of the village marry them, um, they killed a bunch of people, and this was all because they said we're speaking on behalf of God and therefore people listened. And that, that's problematic. Now, at the same time, you can look at orthodoxy and church tradition, and you get really beautiful things that are really helpful. Um, but that that one for me is the hardest one to say. That's a great form of revelation um, because it can be so abused. Okay, um, so what are some other forms of special revelation? If, if orthodoxy is one, and it's not necessarily a great one, what are some other ones?
1: Wouldn't like all of theology be that
0: then. as a part of orthodoxy right so different theological systems that have been developed over time absolutely you know um but that has the same problem with it is what if what if that that dude from the fourth century was wrong and now we're all and that's actually an example of augustine by the way uh i'm not a huge augustine fan um what if that person was wrong and then gave everybody a theology that's not helpful and that now we have to go back and, and confront and critique and and change, you know, but yes, that is, that is the way that that happens. That would be special, not natural. And the reason that, that orthodoxy and all this would be special and not natural is because you can't come to those conclusions just by looking around and experiencing the world that has to come from something else, even though it's mediated by, a human being, okay. So what's uh, uh, okay. So Kelsey said opinions or beliefs. I'm guessing since, uh, I'm guessing since couldn't it be misused or manipulated? Absolutely. Um, and this is this is something that I try to say. Um, I don't know if any of you were were here. This was back when we were at the school, but Harry talked about the elevator man, and how pastors are sometimes elevated to being this like doorkeeper to correctness and goodness and all of that. And that's a really, really dangerous thing, um, a really dangerous thing to have. And I try to say like, listen, this is my perspective on this. Should you trust it? I mean, I've done, I've done a lot of work and hopefully I'm saying good things, but you shouldn't just take anything I say as divine revelation. Okay, I'm, I'm mediating in the midst of things, and I'm trying my hardest. But you have to be careful that, you, you know, you're given a certain kind of power when you start saying you're speaking on behalf of God. You have to be careful with that, right? Okay, what are some other forms of uh, special revelation? So we've got orthodoxy, but you're missing two of the bigger ones here that are talked isn't, about o- often. Go ahead, Deb. I was just going to say, isn't Jesus himself a special revelation? Yes. All right. Um, Yeah. No. Incarnation in, in general, but specifically the incarnated presence of Jesus as the Messiah is a form of revelation. That's how God reveals God's self to us. What's the problem with Jesus being a form of revelation? everybody say hi to matt sager matt's in the barn right now doing some stuff with food only one person said hi to you matt sorry hello one person (laughs) the problem for
2: us with uh jesus being specific revelation is that we have to rely on other people to know what that revelation is
0: or was yeah how how many of you uh we're alive when Jesus was and we're hanging out with him, you know, nobody. So we we have to, again, rely on secondary sources, um, and stuff that's been passed down about Jesus in order to understand what that divine revelation is. Um, and that again, it can come with some problems. What if somebody passed down the wrong thing? Um, And you have to trust that orthodoxy has done its job correctly. Um, But at the same time, anybody who knows about some of the uh, um, the non-canonical gospels, like Gospel of Thomas, there's all these different gospels around. um, They were they were not put into the Bible because they said this is not an accurate depiction of the divine revelation of incarnation. This is not what Jesus said. This is not what Jesus did. This is wrong. So we're taking that out. So there's still a process involved in that. Um, I think somebody mentioned the primary form of divine revelation, special revelation, but nobody's, nobody's really adding on to that one. What are we missing? We've got orthodoxy, Jesus. Um, as
2: believers, aren't we given the Holy Spirit so that we can make sense of all this?
0: yeah yes in the context of special revelation that's not necessarily a form um but the hope would be that the people who claim to speak on behalf of the spirit are actually doing so but again the problem the story i told you about munster germany you know they said they were they had the holy spirit and a lot of people died because of that. Okay, so I think that it's a good internal test. And again, this brings up like, what is the Holy Spirit and how does that work? And that's pretty complicated too. But yes, that's a, that's a good internal test. But just, just because somebody says, I'm speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean that they necessarily are. And honestly, this is something good that Wesleyans did. So the the early Methodist church, before they were a Methodist church, said, um, we together will be able to confirm whether or not this is on behalf of the Spirit. Okay, They call it holy conferencing. And so all of us have to affirm that together, or um, we can't trust it if only you say you know god spoke to me and i have the spirit and this is what is supposed to happen now that has to be affirmed by a group or or, or else it's it's possible to be um, abused okay so um we have one the prophets kind of within within the subcategory that the next one brought up which is the bible the bible is the main form of special revelation um so what without anybody feeling weird that they're they're going to be a heretic right now you won't be I promise what's the problem with the bible being a form of special revelation Okay, so Amy said, written by humans, which, you know, um, yeah, and then, and then yep, buddy's saying, people telling us what was said or done, which we don't, within, within orthodoxy, we don't say that the human component of the Bible is bad. We say that's actually a really good thing. Um because that that's a that's a way of God working of God being imminent, right? The, of God being present within the human story, not just being way off over there somewhere and being disconnected. Um but that 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 gets to that. Um, Good,
1: there, um yeah, because because everybody has can kind of have their own personal um Take on what the Bible is saying. Like people interpret it differently; mm. they put their personal experience into how they interpret the Bible.
0: Yeah, and are you and Kelsey like in the same room right now? Because we
1: are just on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah,
0: because okay. Kelsey just typed the same the same thing. That's the problem with the Bible as as special revelation is that it still has to be experienced and reasoned with and interpreted. Okay, so if you show up to to the barn on a Sunday and I'm talking about Acts chapter eight, you're getting my interpretation on that. I don't have some like book of the correct interpretation of everything. Um, And that's a problem. Okay, so I could uh, for, for one of my classes, I had to read a an article that was a biblical defense of slavery in the 19th century. And it is, it is full of these pastors and theologians giving, giving uh, their interpretation on why the Bible says, not only says, but the Bible commands us to have slaves. And we would look at that today and be like, that's ridiculous. Absolutely not. But they interpreted it that way. And even within that article, I, I remember reading some of, some of the people saying like, hey, if it was up to me, I would say that slavery is immoral but I'm just taking what the Word of God says. And it's like, no, you're taking what somebody has interpreted as the Word of God saying. And the problem, and this is something the Jewish people had figured out, is they knew that the text had to be interpreted. And that's why they came up with the Talmud and the Mishnah and the Midrash and all these commentaries to help us interpret. Um, And and I think one of the biggest problems, I will never, uh, if somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I'm just, I'm just taking the word of God seriously. I'm just, I'm just doing what the word of God says. I will always be skeptical. Um, because that is, that is not an honest understanding of how the text works. You have to interpret what it says. Right. Does that make sense? Can I get some sort of uh yes or no from some of you? Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh Okay. That, 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 is an, that is an issue that comes up with um, the word of God as a special revelation. Okay, so you're left with these two, these two sides of the spectrum, special and general, or uh, divine, specific and natural revelation. Um, and so the question becomes, how do, how do we interact with these things? Um so Nancy uh the the balls just said uh different interpretation leads to the variety of different denominations we have nailed it. That's yes. And I come from a perspective where um ideally we would have one global uh united church, right? That's what all the early creeds set out to do. Um and yeah, we're, we're fracturing again. Those of you who know about the United Methodist situation, um, we're about to have another church split, and this is going to be one of the biggest church splits in the last couple hundred years. Um, one of the largest mainline denominations in the world is about to split again. Why? Because we have to interpret the Bible, and people are interpreting it differently. So, uh, Nancy and Dick, you guys, absolutely, that's, that's a huge connection to make. Um, now, is there some beauty in having a bunch of different perspectives yeah i think I think the diversity can be good, especially if we 're still united in some ways um, but you don 't have to you don 't have to get far into church history to see that people started disagreeing and forming different groups and then started killing each other it wasn 't pretty um, so yeah, all right so uh, general versus um na- or uh, general versus special. Just got another. Don't you want to be able to see, acknowledge the different types—special, um, divine, natural—and be able to, in a way, utilize them all? What do you What do you all think? Do you think that both should be taken and utilized, or um, do you think it should just be one or the other? Trisha says both.
2: I think you probably have to have a balance of both because if you left out specific and you ascribe to being a Christian, that means you're completely discounting those three legs of specific revelation that you had talked about, which would mean that you're you know, completely on your own and developing whatever theology you want to develop.
0: Yeah, which can have a lot of problems to it. Okay. Anybody else want to add anything to that?
1: For me, I think... um... I don't know. Like it's a mixture of, I, you know, use the Bible and all those other things. Um, and then also, you know, what other, like you said, I guess some of that stuff comes from other people. I think to me, I measure everything against like my personal, like my personal experience. Maybe that's backwards, <laughs> but
0: well, and and I'm thinking I'm thinking about next week, uh, talking about the Wesleyan Quadrilateral, which is. Do you are you are you familiar with what that is, Amanda? I am not. You've been in the Methodist
1: a, Church, dude. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. No, about, I, I've been searching for books, so send me books because I don't know anything about Wesleyan. No,
0: anything. I'm I'm not trying to to <laughs> confront you on that. That's that's a pretty normal a pretty normal thing. Um, so I'm thinking about next week doing the Wesleyan Quadrilateral, which is how do you make decisions about things? And there's reason, there's experience, there's scripture, there's tradition. How do those interact? Because that's where we're starting to get into now. Um, so uh, Lauren just said, wouldn't they feed off of each other or support one another? And yeah, and that's how we're, when you have to make a decision about what to do with revelation, you kind of start using both. And, and that's where I would say, you can't just use one, because if the if the Bible has to be interpreted, you now have to use your experience and your sense in order to interpret it. And so, yeah, it, it, you guys are getting getting right there where we need to go. Um, let me. I'm going to read a couple a couple different perspectives that uh, make our different arguments about each. Okay, so there. Even within Christianity, there has been uh, there has been people who have said that you only need general or natural you don 't need the other one um, and let 's see everything that we need to know about the divine can be inferred from general rational observation of natural laws and created order okay so that comes from um, a lot of people, like in the 18th century, were saying this. This eventually gets called deism. Um, and I'm not sure if you all are familiar with deist, but deist basically said that there is a transcendent God who created the world, um, but is not really involved in this, and so therefore is not going to reveal itself to us. We, if we want to find out about this God, we have to look around, and it's all been made obvious to us. We just have to find it. Um, and then what? What a lot of Christians would say within that is you can find uh, like truths are are universally self-evident and rationally decipherable. Christ and Scripture, that special revelation piece, simply reiter- reiterates what we can already see within creation. Okay, so that's people who say all you need is natural revelation. All you need is general revelation. So there's been that thought before. Um, on the other side, there's people who go you don't need general, you just need special. Um, so if there's any Karl Barth fans, uh, Karl Barth is a relatively popular theologian. Um, he actually took this perspective. Um, and he uses a phrase, he says, there's a difference between God talking and humans chattering. And he said, we shouldn't listen to the humans chattering cause they're, they're not right. But what God has said, that's all we need. um, so that's been, and that's not just Karl Bart's not the only one who's thought that way. That's been thought of by a lot of people. All you need is all you need is special revelation. All you need is uh, the word that comes through Christ, that comes from the church. That's all you need. Um, but most people have actually erred on the side of needing needing both. A lot of these folks give. Uh, priority to special revelation and then say kind of like what Lauren, what Lauren said is general helps support what we see in special. Um, and again, this is getting into how you make decisions and um, things like that. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different perspectives within integrating both of them. and And you can read more about that if you'd like and it's interesting to see that even very different perspectives on the spectrum say here's why you need some general and some special and they need to work they need to work together um so that's that's the one point that i i wanted to make was we we need to kind of develop a lexicon of why is this special revelation important and why is general general revelation important to us um there's another there's another point that i want to make about this conversation um and i'll do that uh, got a couple comments here that i haven't uh i haven't checked in on um so kelsey had said being on a path of transition i may start off as natural but may not always be that way i'm now learning about the text but i didn't have prior knowledge so um I, i and kelsey i think you have one of the more unique experiences in the room because you didn't come from this church depth, right? So you're kind of coming in going like, there's something about this that makes sense to me. Oh, there's all this, what we would say, form of revelation that is helpful. You know, I haven't engaged with this before. I think a lot of other people come from, uh, I've been told that this special revelation is the thing. And it's not necessarily been given to me very well, uh, and, and it's been kind of problematic, and I need to re-understand it. Um, and I don't know how many people I interact with who go, I never heard the Bible talked about with such relevance, um, or I've never heard that, that text explained well before, and I needed that. You know. So, I, Kelsey, I think you're coming from a, a, a unique perspective within that Uh, Trisha said I enjoy studying the text of the Bible but I also find God in creation including other people Mm. I also feel God and I think that some people are more intuitive to hear God like who if you don't mind me asking who's more intuitive to hear God than others Looks like she's typing. Intuitive people.
1: Maybe this goes along with what you're saying, Tricia, but uh, like as we're talking about this, I keep thinking about how, like, you know, what humans have five senses, like, we're not. I think part of why I feel like we're both is because we were created to like sense in multiple ways. And so, uh, to pick one, it feels like you're shutting down, like part of what makes you human. So like I'm only using my brain or I'm only using my eyes or, you know, whereas I think God, when we talk about, um, You know, God being God, how can we limit um, how he communicates with us?
0: Okay, let's let's hash through a couple of these things. Uh, How can we limit what God could be communicating? That is, has a lot of potential good and a lot of potential bad, right? Because you're saying that we have to trust people, that they're, communicating on God's behalf appropriately. Which they're not always. At the same time, you don't get any of this revelation without human involvement, even if it's just your own. Right? Even if God showed up right now, right next to you, and told you something, you still have to pass that on to us, which means you have to communicate that to us. And, you know, there's, there's layers of complexity in that. Um, Mom, when you say, I think that some people are just more intuitive to hear God, Jesus actually talks about this in two different ways. What do, do you know what they are? Or does anybody else want to chime in? How does Jesus make the point that some people are more intuitive to hear I'm looking for two specific texts.
2: Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will see God.
0: Um, I think that's blessed are the merciful, for they will see God. Is that right? Did you say poor in spirit? Luke?
2: I don't know if it makes you intuitive, but... If you want to get to know someone better, you have a conversation with them. So I suppose
0: prayer. Yeah. Um, That's kind of, I think, what Trisha's getting to in the the next comment she made. Um, People who are connected to God, you know, are more able to feel God's presence. I mean, this is what monasteries existed to do, was to allow people to have a less uh, blockaded experience of God so that they could communicate with god and that 's why prayer and work, you know what you brought up deb, is so central to monasteries. Um, I think there is something to be said about there there are people who seem to have this this divine connection in a way, but I also don 't think it 's just something you 're born with I, I i pure in heart will will see God, Luke, you were wrong. And your elders shut you down, my friend. I don't even know if Luke's still there. I, we'll see. You're um, my elder by what? Six months, maybe? No, no, no. My mother just told you that you were wrong in the comment. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> um, I I don't think it's just necessarily something that you're born with, though. I think it can be it can be nurtured, and I think a lot of the spiritual spiritual disciplines exist to nurture that. And sometimes you end up with somebody who, who's not necessarily been raised within those spiritual disciplines, but who's been nurtured in other ways, who is showing you something divine. You know, I think uh, Melchizedek out of Genesis uh, is it 13, Genesis 13, 14 or 15, um, that story, go and read that story, because Abraham had this understanding that he's the one who's blessed, and he has to take this blessing out to the world, and then he comes across this, this priest of God Almighty, of, of the kingdom of peace and righteousness. And it's it's like this person was outside of Israel and yet had the very thing that Israel needed. Okay? So that can definitely happen. I think that's what Trish is getting to. Bob Keller uh, wrote, let those who have ears to hear. And that's it. Um, Jesus talks about being able to uh, hear and intuit and... Uh, get that sense of that divine communication more and it's those who have ears to hear. And so if you go and read the parables in Matthew 13, that's what those are about. Like are you listening? Are are you paying attention? Are you actually seeing this? And I think there's a certain disposition there that helps you uh that helps you have those ears to hear. There's another text, does anybody know what it is? I'll give, I'll give somebody a second in case they're typing. No? There's a certain demographic of individuals who we're told have a much easier time connecting with God and the kingdom of God. The children? yes yes uh so so the first thing i thought of when my my mom said i think some people are more intuitive to hear god i went yeah and there's two of them sitting right next to you right there there's something about you know we talk about faith like a child and what is that disposition one, it's it's void of all of the trappings that cause us to manipulate revelation, right? Um, but it also has this pure honest, this honesty to it. Like the pure in heart will see God. Who's who's more pure than an infant, right? So, I I think that's that's an important thing on on that. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be closing up shortly. And, and seriously, if you're like, hey, I thought this was done at 1030, I have to go. Um, that's, that's fine. I don't know where you're going to go. You're all quarantined in your houses. But um, there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up that I think is important within this conversation. And um, that's how we understand um, who, who God is. Okay, And I sometimes get critiqued cause I don't say God a lot. Um, if you're paying attention in the comments, you see all of these G slash D's, um, that my mother keeps typing. And, um, I don't do that, but I know a lot of people who do, and that's a way to show respect for the divine. Um, the Jewish people like, you know, how Christians say Yahweh a lot. Um, A lot of Christians will will refer to God as Yahweh because in the Hebrew, it's a Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, which in English kind of looks like Y-H-W-H, so it must be Yahweh. Um, The Jewish people won't say that. And when they get to that part in the text, if they're reading out loud, they'll stop and they'll say Adonai. Um, And Adonai is a a much more common word. And you'll hear me do this sometimes if you're here on Sundays. I'll, I'll be reading and um we'll even translate it to Adonai um or or I'll see the word if you see in your bible capital L O R D in like small capital letters that's that name and sometimes when i'm reading that out loud i'll even say Adonai instead and that's actually a sign of respect for the divine and so some people go like hey you know why are you saying the divine why don't you just say god um and Uh, For for me, it's actually, I I get a little bit concerned with how loosely we refer to God. Um, And the reason why is because I think it's important to respect that God is transcendent. Um, If, and this is that Wesley quote that we started with, as soon as you say the word God, you're no longer talking about God, because you've taken that and put it into something that you can understand. And if God is God there's no way that you're going to fully comprehend who or what that is. And I think that's powerful. I think it's important to understand, hey, there's something other than me that's involved in the universe. Um, And so one of the reasons that special revelation and, and general revelation should be a conversation is because it begins with saying, we can't fully understand God. If we're going to know anything about God, it's going to be because God takes the time uh, and and makes it possible for us to. Okay, So whether that is through creation, whether that is through your experience, whether that is through Scripture, whether that is through church tradition, if we're going to say that revelation is a thing, it's us saying we can't know about God on our own. And I do think wherever you fall on the spectrum, I think that is a really good, and important place to start. Okay. Okay. So, so those would be uh, that would that would be my main my main emphasis here. Also, um, I, I hope you all are able to understand a little bit more about how revelation works, what some of the downfalls, um, some of the compromises are with how we know anything about God. Um, I think somebody wrote in a comment earlier, um, skepticism should be allowed. And and yeah, I wish we all had very pure, unadulterated communication about the divine, but we don't. Um, And and Paul, the apostle Paul actually brings this up once where he says, question everything. If it's true, it'll stand. Um, But question everything. Everything I say, question it. Ask questions, right? Um, Something you hear brought down, from uh, an authority or a church doctrine or something, ask questions about it so you can start vetting the, the process. And if you show up and say, hey, God directly spoke to me out in the woods today, be okay with us asking you some questions about that. All right? Uh, does anybody have any, any thoughts, any questions? Um, I still have some time here. What do y'all think? can you hear me yes sir Go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> this is really this is really strange i i don't have any questions i just wanted to know if you could hear me yep i can I've i can hear this. you right now i've never done this before me neither i am i am a first timer into the the world of conference calls on zoom but here i am has this gone okay has everybody been able to hear all right um, I think next time I see a couple of you with headphones. Next time I'm going to wear some headphones because I don't know if that's causing feedback for y'all um, with with my microphone at all. But um, can you see us too? I can see so. I can honestly, I can only see three of you. Um, everybody else, it just uh, yes. says their I'm name. Glad I got dressed. Glad I, I got dressed. I can't see you, <laughs> Bruce. Um, I can. I can only see. Trisha, Kelsey, and Amanda, and you should be able to see, uh, those folks as well. But most of you, it's just your name on there, which I don't love. I'd love to be able to at least feel somewhat like I'm, I'm interacting with you. Yeah, hey, there we go. Okay. We're getting, we're getting some action now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah. Luke, Luke, Luke just put on, Luke just put on his camera. Um, I just found out that buddy is the Clarks, uh, which I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't actually, I didn't actually know that. And here's what I'm going to do. Clarks. I'm going to Can change you see me? your name for everybody. Um, am I there? I see you now, Bruce. Um uh, and I have, I have a couple of the cameras on, but I think that's Gary Harmon sitting over on the couch with a cup of coffee. Uh, so, okay, is there any other questions on on something that you just want to bring up or explore a little more fully, or you want to add a comment of your own? Trisha signing off. Bye, boys. Bye, Mom.
2: I liked what you talked about. And that when you speak the name of God, it implies then that you understand or know God uh, almost completely. And in, in a, uh, it just in that it shows respect to not say the name. I mean, I think everybody who's been exposed to the Bible in the past and heard the story of, um, or from the Old Testament when the the Hebrews would not name God, that Yahweh was unspoken, Um, that that, that not talked about, and, um, you know,
0: a whole different God,
2: and as Christians, you just use them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that the Christian perspective has worked really hard to, uh, make God approachable. And I think that's fine. We've done so at the expense of that respect for the name that is unspeakable, you know, and different people fall in different places on that. I am always going to push people to, uh, consider the transcendence more, but Yeah, no, I think that's an important thing. It reminds me of, I think, one of the last things
2: that we talked about in person was when the Bible itself uh, was effectively made public for everybody to read and study on their own um, versus being a keepsake of the church to be interpreted for the masses. And so it's probably somewhat related to
0: that in that there's good and bad to both. Well, and that story that I brought up from Munster, Germany, about uh, um, Jan Matthias and Jan Leiden, is, it happened in the context of the Bible being uh, made available for everybody. And and Martin Luther actually has a statement where he says, I wish I wouldn't have done it. Is it a great idea for everybody to have access to the text? Yeah, but look what happened. I, I, we just got a bunch of people killed. The whole, the whole city got destroyed. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I think that's that's part of the thing. Is do I think that the church should have the text locked up that only only certain people can interpret it? No. But as soon as you open that Pandora's box, uh, it, you, who knows what can happen? Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's important when you're talking about special revelation, um, especially when you bring up the Bible. Um, whose interpretation is it? And do we understand that it's an interpretation? All right. Just because some guy. On, on, you know, cable Christian television is standing up there with a microphone and a big choir behind his back. Doesn't mean that he has a healthy interpretation of the text. He, are we are we able to still ask questions, even though it's it's um, a form of special revelation? You know. <laughs> and uh, a couple a couple people are having to sign off that's fine if you are we will do this again uh next week i'll i'll try to post something about the the content but i think we're going to do the wesleyan quadrilateral um i think that would be a lot of fun especially if people aren't familiar with it cuz that one's a lot more practical about how do you make decisions about things so okay anybody else have any questions thoughts things they they want to they want to put out there
1: are we still doing our like one-on-one discipleship meetings or is this i mean
0: we can use we can even use zoom those of you who are doing uh, discipleship uh, we can use zoom for some of that i am unfortunately still in school Uh, my school did not get canceled so my schedule is actually um i i wish that i had the uh the, the the more free time to kind of be quarantined at home i just have to be quarantined uh with a bunch of other people on my computer and a bunch of papers to write so it's not as fun but yeah no well get a hold of me um we might have to adapt the calendar a little bit but bob it's not over already we're still going but no i'm not going to 11:30 today I, we're already past an hour technically. So any last thoughts, questions? No, I'll give it a minute. Somebody's typing something. All right. Well, uh, Feel free to uh, if you have questions or 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 things. Feel free to email me. I can continue it. Uh, continue answering some things. Um, this will also it's it's uh, going to be made available for people who weren't able to do it during this time, so um, they can still access the content, or you can go back and listen again uh, if you would like. Um, we'll plan on doing this again nine thirty next Sunday. Um, and I think that is it. So grace and peace be with you all.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: We'll see y'all. Bye-bye.
1: bye